Welcome everybody, filibuster freestyle. It is your buddy Gavin. We've got an F1 feast, quick Dutch Grand Prix F1 recap. And um, in terms of Dutch food, food from the Netherlands, I'm not gonna lie. We just we just had a Heineken light close enough. It's been the theme of the year, which is we started the F1 feast right at the time of our life when the amount of time needed to prepare food in order to cook and eat before and or and or during the pod maybe have the best timing with having a 15-month-old. But regardless, we're committed to the bit, at least for the 2023 season. So let's talk about the Dutch Grand Prix. But first, here comes the theme song for the Filibuster Freestyle. Filibuster, Filibuster Freestyle. All right, so theme song is in the books, and despite my staccato style to introduce the theme song, here we are, Dutch Grand Prix. Before we talk about the Dutch Grand Prix, I got a new Drilling Threes show announcement for you. Drilling Threes will be back at the Cedar House in Walpole, Mass. on Route 1A on Saturday, September 9th. Acoustic, three big sets. Had a very successful show there on August 26th. They invited us back on September 9th. Follow Drilling Threes on Instagram at Drilling Threes or on threads at Drilling Threes as well for information on this show and future shows as well. And if you want some Drilling Threes gear or some pro sports gear or some hip-hop artists like Eminem, Wu-Tang Clan gear, uh, etc., you go to Pop Sketch Designs at Pop Sketch Designs on Instagram or www.etsy.com slash shop slash Pop Sketch Designs. So... Max Verstappen wins his home Grand Prix. It wasn't close. Um, it was a wild race. There was a lot of rain. There was a lot of intermittent rain. There were a lot of things that were happening. And again, Max won by 3.744 seconds, but it was never really in doubt that Max Verstappen was going to win this Grand Prix. The podium was rounded out by Fernando Alonso, who started the year living on the podium in second and third place. Um, he's back there again after Aston Martin had a little bit of a lull towards the, you know, as they moved towards the summer break. And then in third place, the very excited on the radio, Peter Gasly of Alpine. Phenomenal drive for Peter Gasly. Um, he actually came in fourth in the order, but Sergio Perez, a.k.a. Checo Perez, he had a uh, five-second penalty assessed. And so his third-place finish was negated, turned into a fourth. So, again, Perez fails to podium had a bunch of problems with the car, a bunch of problems with slippage, speeding in the pit lane, etc. And Gasly takes advantage. Full credit to Pierre Gasly and Alpine. They come back from a disastrous lead-up to summer break in which they fired so many people on their team, including Otmar, uh, their their team principal. They fired, I believe, like their CEO or racing director. And they were having a disastrous ride into the summer break and for Alpine to come out and be able to take uh, not only third place, but also Esteban Ocon did sneak in for 10th place and get a point. Double points for a team that had double did-not finishes leading up to the summer break. Pierre Gasly, like I was just saying, drove great. And, and I want to get to him in a minute because I have a Red Bull take that has nothing to do with Red Bull's current drivers. Because, listen, by the time we're putting this up, it's a Thursday. We're almost to a point where we're going to be talking about Monza in, in Italy in the Grand Prix that's happening this weekend. But here's the hot take. 
Alex Albon, Inna Williams, coming in eighth place. I think he might have qualified it fourth or fifth. Incredible work. And his teammate, Logan Sargent, crashed out of the race, so we don't know how his car would have done. But, you know, the Aston Martin, the, the McLaren, even the Mercedes and certainly the Ferrari – and the Alpine are all cars that have the chance to be good or a chance to be bad, uh, given the track. And I think the Williams is starting to move into that realm on certain tracks, not as frequently. But it's really the combination of Esteban, sorry, of Alexander Albon, and the Williams slightly improving. James Vowell is getting things a little slightly better in that program so far. But somebody's got to get Alex Albon in a better car immediately because. I think if you put this guy in a Ferrari, if you put this guy in a Mercedes, if you put this guy even in an Aston Martin instead of Lance Stroll, maybe this guy's good enough to challenge Max. Maybe not in the 2023 version of the cars because Max plus that Red Bull car is literally, it's surprising he actually didn't win two races that his teammate Checo Perez won. But the irony of this is Red Bull dropped Albin, Albon, excuse me, like a bad habit. And he found a seat in the Williams, and he held his own last year, and he's more than holding his own this year. And whether it's in the Williams that keeps improving, or in a McLaren, or whatever, and I'm not saying McLaren's driver lineup is set right now, because Piastri looks good, Norris is the center of their team, but if you put Alexander Albon in a real car, or if the Williams becomes a more real car, I think it's a little wild that the guy that Red Bull stopped believing in way too soon is maybe the guy, if he has the right car, who is showing that he does have the talent. And again, Max is a once-in-a-generational guy, but I actually think maybe the best driver of this kind of Rat Pack bunch of Gasly and um, Leclerc and certainly Albon and, and, and George Russell, I think maybe the best driver besides Max might be Alexander Albon. So that's the hot take. Now, again, Pierre Gasly drove great. And while Red Bull didn't drop Gasly the same way they dropped Albon, they sent him back to AlphaTauri for a few years, he's also a real talent. And it seems like when the Alpines aren't crashing out of races, he's been thriving on certain tracks, um, which is phenomenal. So how'd the race end up? We talked about the podium already. We talked about Checo and fourth. Uh, Carlos Sainz had another great drive. For him, in a very and Ferrari was a mess again. He finally comes in fifth. Lewis Hamilton comes in sixth. Lando in seventh in the McLaren. Alex Albon, like we said, eighth. Another McLaren double finish because Piastri was ninth, and then Alpine again. Ocon in tenth. In eleventh, first person out of the points. Lance Stroll continues to underperform in a very good car relative to his teammate Nico Hulkenberg in a Haas twelfth place. That is a great race finish for this year's Haas. It's qualified well, especially with Hulkenberg. It has not raced well on Sundays. Nico did a great job getting into the top 12. Um, Lawson, driving for the injured Danny Rick, coming in 13th place in AlphaTauri, beating Yuki Sonoda by three seconds. So Lawson in 13th, Sonoda in 15th. Valtteri Botas splits them in 14th. K-Mag in the Haas in 16th. George Russell all the way down in 17th place. Last guy to finish the race. And then Alfa Romero, sorry, Alfa Romeo with uh, Joe, Jugon Joe coming in 18th in terms of the last guy to crash out. The middle guy to crash out was Charles Leclerc. And the first guy to crash out again, Logan Sargent of Williams. And Sargent and Leclerc both grabbed lawn chairs and decided to sit and watch the race versus walking or riding back to the garage. Had a nice think about what they did. Anyway, 
let's get into the constructors real quick. Now we got to go. We'll try to do a more informed and longer pod relative to Monza. Constructors, Red Bull running away with it. Mercedes in second place. By now 40, yeah, about 40 points. They're ahead of Aston Martin. Aston Martin, 14 points ahead of Ferrari. Ferrari, almost 100 points ahead of McLaren. McLaren is fifth place. Alpine is consolidated sixth place there at 73 points. And then it's very tight at the bottom of the field. Seven through 10, separated by 12 points. AlphaTauri sitting on three. Alfa Romeo sitting on nine. Haas sitting on 11 points. And then Williams, who has typically been the 10th or 9th team the last bunch of years, is at 15 points. They are in seventh place. If they can finish at the bottom in the midfield or the top of the bottom, that is a credit to their progress. And like I said earlier, a credit to Alexander Albon. Somebody get this dude a top-notch race car, and I think we've got a top-notch driver. Week in, week out, most tracks. This kid has really rebounded from the troubles he had when he got thrust into that Red Bull a few seasons ago. Love to see it. Big time. Major kudos to our guy, Alexander Albon. And then the Drivers' Championship, similarly. I mean, the fact that Albon is in 13th place, he's all 15 of his team's points. Phenomenal. Um, any other surprises here? Lance Stroll still holding on in ninth place, um, despite zero podiums. George Russell is hanging around in seventh, well, really tied for sixth with, with Charlotte Claire. Uh, Carlos Sainz is in fifth. He's well behind Lewis, who's in fourth. Lewis still within striking distance of Fernando Alonso. Alonso is in third place at 168 points. Lewis is in fourth at 156. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. I think unless Checo really bombs out in these last nine races, eight races, he's got a sizable lead over Fernando Alonso. Should be okay. And, of course, Max. The question is now, he's won nine races in a row. There's eight races left. Can he win eight more races? Can he win 17 races in a row? Unless he crashes out or, or has a, a grid penalty or a, a gearbox replacement that he has to serve a penalty and start from the pit lane and Checo drives great on the exact same day, I just don't see any other car winning this year besides the Red Bull unless Red Bulls both have mechanical problems or crash out. All right, F1 Feast, filibuster freestyle. Thanks for listening. Quick, short, fun times, and uh, we'll catch you after the Monza Grand Prix.